Welcome to the Swolmate Show. We're your hosts, Dustin and Katie Fleece. If you found yourself here, it means that you are ready to become the best version of you. Let's dive in. Before I get into today's episode, I want to make sure and make this very clear that I am not here to shame anyone who has chosen to get breast implants. In fact, at the time of this recording, I still have my implants in and I am sharing my personal experience. Not everyone will have this experience. In fact, there are plenty of women out there that have absolutely no issues with their implants. I was not that lucky. And so I decided I wanted to record this because I know there are so many out so many women out there like me who have implants and are suffering. They are sick and they cannot figure out why. Their body is doing crazy things. And I also want you to know that you're not crazy. You are not crazy. What you are feeling is very, very real. So having said that, I am recording this episode solo today because, um, well, yeah, they're my implants, not my husband's. However, he is so supportive in you know, he's all about like, hey, I just want you to feel better. Whatever that means for you, that's what I want you to do. I want you, he has seen me suffer. He has seen just the weird things that have happened over the course of, you know, the last 10 years and he is fully on board. Um, and I'll get into all of that here in a minute. But when I do another recording post explant, he will most definitely be joining me. Um, but today I am solo to talk all things boobs. <laughs> For lack of a better way to put it, uh, we're going to talk about boobs today. And again, I just want you to remind you, or I just want to remind you that this is my journey. I am not speaking for everyone because there are um, lucky women out there that have absolutely no problems. And I say, hey, good for you, honestly. Um, so I chose to get implants back in 2013 after nursing my second baby. And she really just did a number on me. Like she did me in. I nursed her for about a year, actually a little over a year. And once all of that dried up, my boobies were left. With, I was really honestly left with basically nothing. Um, in fact, I would say I was honestly kind of concave, I was left with nothing. And when I say nothing, I literally could not even fit into an A cup. Like there was just this, like even the double A's, like I did, I, I was non-existent. My boobs were non-existent. In fact, it's kind of a funny story. I used to wear like those little chicken, chicken cutlet things. Like that's what I call them, but they're just like inserts that you put into your bra. And I would put them into my sports bras just to fill out my double A cup. And I remember I was actually running on the treadmill at an Anytime Fitness here locally. And one of the, I must've been sweaty, but one of those chicken cutlets slipped out of my bra and onto the treadmill. And that did me in. I was, it was literally from that moment, I texted my husband and I said, okay, I am going to do something about this. I am going to go meet with a few surgeons and I I am ready to get implants. I've nursed both children and my body deserves implants, right? 
Also, in 2013, I feel like there was not, there, like breast implant illness was not a thing. Implants were all the rage at the time. Everybody was getting them. Everybody had them. Women wanted fake tits, okay? And I was one of those women. I also, you know, I chose to go very natural looking. And by the way, my surgeon did an absolutely phenomenal job physically there is nothing wrong with them. There is absolutely nothing wrong with them. I have no scar. Uh, they are beautiful. Even 10 years later, like they have held up so nicely. And so really, honestly, no complaints there. And if you were to look at them physically, you would think I was crazy for wanting to get them removed. Um, in fact, I even had a doctor recently tell me that. But in 2013, I got these implants. And at first, I was I was so happy with them. I really had no regrets. About two years later, in 2015, that is when I recall really experiencing weird symptoms. All of a sudden, I was getting very ill, very ill for no reason. It was, I mean, I would go, I swear I would end up in the ER like every other month. I'm not kidding because I was so sick. I had chronic sinus infections. It was absolutely horrible. Chronic sinus infections. In fact, that same year I went and got, I, I went and got tested for allergies. Now, up until this point, the only thing that I've been allergic to was penicillin and amoxicillin. And that was from when I was a child. I would break out in hives when I had penicillin and amoxicillin. Other than that, I never had any allergies. When I went and got that allergy test done, my husband was with me. Like I said, this was, I believe, 2015, possibly 2014, but I'm pretty sure 2015. They did this allergy test. And for those of you that have had it done, or I, I should say that have never had it done, they basically prick your back, like all of these little pricks with, with different things. Um, and then if... Sometimes, in some cases, they will even go down your arms. So that is what they did with me. And you should have seen it. I, I bet you 90% of the things that they pricked me with welted up. It was unlike anything I've ever seen. And I mean, even my husband was like laughing, like, no wonder you're sick all the time. No wonder you feel like crap all the time. And I mean, it was literally everything. Foods. Foods that I've never had a problem eating before, um, shrimp, like shellfish being one of them, like I love seafood, things like grass and trees and uh, just uh, like literally <laughs> all sorts of things. And I never put two and two together. So I just tossed it up to, okay, well, I'm allergic to everything under the sun. Wonderful. That's great. And I even remember making the comment like, I've never had allergies other than those two medicines that I, you know, I mentioned, but I've never had issues with food or, you know, going outside or with animals, like nothing. Um, but I chopped it up to, okay, I feel like crap because I'm just, you know, I've been basically poisoning my body with things that it's just rejecting. A little later on that year, I started having night sweats, like night sweats, terrible wake up to where I would sweat so bad at night that I would get up and put a blanket down over the sheets where I was laying because it was soaking wet. So I'm not just talking about like a little, you know, a little trickle, no, full blown night sweats. That same year, 
I started going to a functional medicine doctor um, and he diagnosed me with adrenal fatigue. Um, in fact, he even ordered me to stop working out. Now at this time, I was not, you know, I was working out, but it was like, you know, five and six days a week, you know, an hour at a time, one time a day. It wasn't like two or three times a day, seven days a week. I was still very smart about it. So, but I did, you know, I did do, you know, doctor's orders and I took rest and he gave me a bunch of supplements and all of these things. Not once during this time did I ever put two and two together. I never in a million years would have thought that my implants would be the cause of all of the allergies and the night sweats and the adrenal fatigue and all of these things. I never, ever, ever, ever thought that. And again, still at this time in 2015, this was not, this was not talked about. This was not talked about at all. Now, fast forward throughout the years, my body just continually would do weird unexplained things. Um, still to this day, very strange skin irritations. Um, so I will be literally driving down the road, like doing nothing, just driving. And my, I will have hives, full body hives all over my body, or I will just start itching uncontrollably. I get UTIs all the time, all the time psoriasis of the scalp, like my scalp, it burns. In fact, I am on a topical steroid every time it flares up. I still to this day have that and it's awful. It's absolutely awful. Plus it looks like I have like dandruff all the time and it's just like, it, it's, it's terrible. It itches, it burns. Um, now the steroid does typically clear it right up, but it usually flares up. I would say once a month, maybe six weeks. So it is all the time. Hair loss. I started losing a lot of hair. Uh, I mean, we're talking like it would come out in just, you should see all the hair still to this day on the floor every time I brush my hair. In fact, I have hair extensions for that exact reason because I have lost so much hair naturally. And I, P.S. I also, I don't know if anybody has seen my son, you know that he has the thickest head of hair. Well, he gets that from his mama. And that is the kind of hair that I used to have. I used to have the thickest head of hair and not anymore. It is, it's actually insane how much hair I have lost. My anxiety is through the roof. Which also, interesting, interesting thing about that, which I will actually touch base with here here later on in the episode, but anxiety, chest pain, like stabbing chest pain, okay? To the point where multiple occasions, I feel like I've, I'm having a heart attack, but it's not like the anxiety chest pains. Like, it's different. Anybody that has experienced anxiety knows what I'm talking about when... It's, it's almost like you're having a panic, panic attack, like you're feeling like you're having a heart attack, but this is a different kind of chest pain. Heart palpitations. I genuinely thought like something is wrong with my heart. Uh, not only that, but I'll be, you know, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and my heart is racing, absolutely racing. It is the weirdest thing. It is the weirdest thing. Brain fog, like you would not believe you know, problems concentrating, 
inflammation all over my body, it, which also explains just, I think, like the skin irritations and stuff. It's, it's like, it is literally like there is a foreign object in my body that is like fighting its way out. Now, saying that, it, you might have just had a light bulb moment. Like, oh my gosh, yeah, there is a foreign object. <laughs> like, why, why, it does not naturally belong there. So, of course, my body is fighting it off, right? Even with all of those symptoms, I still did not believe that it was my breast implants. And, and I don't want to say I did not believe it was my breast implants. It just never occurred to me that that is what it was. it, it could be. Now, having said all of that, fast forward to 2020. 2020 was the year that I, well, for many of us, it was a hard year. And I was experiencing chronic fatigue. I'm talking, I would take two to three naps a day just to function. In fact, it got to be a running joke with my kids. Like, oh, it's mom's nap time again. And I hated that. Like, I absolutely hated that. So fatigue, like there's pregnancy fatigue. There's fatigue that I experienced when I was pregnant. This does not even hold a candle to that. So chronic fatigue, I had swollen lymph nodes in my groin area all the time. And even my husband was like, well, honey, you're just lean. Like, it's just, there's nothing to worry about. It's just, you know, you've got lymph nodes there. And, you know, if you get a cold, it's, it's very common for your lymph nodes to be swollen. But it was like they were swollen all the time. And I would put on a swimsuit and you could see like the swollen lymph nodes just being in a swimsuit. And that is when, and, and I think it was actually more of the, the fatigue than anything that bothered me the most because it really was, I feel like, affecting how I showed up for my kids. And that is what, or, or that is when I decided, like, you know what? I have got to figure this out. Something is seriously wrong with me. Like, this is not normal. And to be quite honest, I really thought I was like entering into early menopause even though I was, you know, mid thirties at this time, I really thought I, I literally think I am going through menopause. So I actually went and got a blood draw, um, thinking that that is what was going to show up and that they were going to come back and say, oh my gosh, yes. Like you're, you know, premenopausal, all the things that is not what happened. In fact, I was on my way to take my daughter to cheer practice. And I got a phone call from the doctor's office and said, Miss Miss Fleece, you know, we've gotten your blood work back. And unfortunately, we cannot help you. We are going to refer you to an oncologist. That You are showing signs of blood cancer. I mean, like, they literally told me this over the phone. I cannot make this shit up, okay? They told me that over the phone with my daughter in the car. That shook me. That shook me, and I will never forget that moment. Um, because, uh, number one, I had my, my little girl sitting right next to me in the car. I was trying to hold it together for her. I didn't know what to say because here I am, this healthy, otherwise healthy individual. I was a gym owner at the time. I helped people take control of their health. And there was just no way. There was no way that was my reality. So anyways, I hung up the phone and, you know, Charlie says, you know, what's wrong, mom? And I was like, oh, you know, nothing, honey. It's, it's fine. Mommy, mommy will be okay. I'm okay. 
and she got out of the car shortly after that, went inside to cheer practice, and I broke down. And I remember calling my husband. He was at football practice at the time, which he did answer because he knows that, or I should say, any coach's wife knows you don't call them during practice <laughs> unless it is like an absolute emergency. So I did call. Uh, mainly because I just couldn't wait three hours until he got home. I needed somebody to talk to and to console me. And so luckily he did answer right away because he knew something must have been wrong. And he was just amazing during that time. He let me cry. He let me say what I needed to say. He was very comforting. And he also did a ton of research. And luckily also there were other coaches there on staff. So he was literally in the car with me on the phone the entire practice, but that's neither here nor there. I found an oncologist. I went, you know, several doctor's appointments. They did several tests. They did a bone marrow biopsy. And sure enough, I was diagnosed with a very rare blood cancer. So it's very rare in and of itself, um, but it's also even more rare in anyone under the age of 60. Um, in fact, they call it the old person's disease because it is just unheard of for anybody under the age of 60 to be diagnosed with this type of blood cancer. Now, in this moment, even after all of that, all of the symptoms I was experiencing, my recent diagnosis, I still did not even think that my implants could be the reason for all of this. Now, when I got that diagnosis, I instantly wanted answers. Like what in the world could have caused this blood cancer? Like nobody else in my family has this type of blood cancer, much less I am so young. Like what could have caused this? And I was thinking of everything, um, literally everything but my implants until more and more women during this time, I would really say more like 2021, not necessarily even in 2020, but more and more women started talking about breast implant illness. It like became a thing. People were bringing awareness to breast implant illness. And even then I still did not relate the two because quite honestly, there were also people for everybody that was talking about breast implant illness and their symptoms. There were still just as many people saying that is not an actual diagnosis. That is not a real thing. Breast implants are a hundred percent safe. Like you guys are crazy. All of these things. So I really didn't think much about it, but early of 2022, I really started doing more and more research and I went down a rabbit hole and not only did I go down a rabbit hole but I I learned so many things and all of these symptoms literally all of the symptoms I have including the cancer are symptoms of BII breast implant illness every single one of them and so at that time after months and months of research I was, a, I am a hundred percent certain my body is sick because of my implants, because none of these symptoms, the allergies, the hives, the chronic fatigue, the night sweats, the, you know, the hormone issues, the cancer, none of this happened until after I chose to get implants. And after talking to so many women, 
so many women um, that I know and even that I don't know that I just know like through a Facebook group who are suffering, I realized this is an actual thing. And when you, like I said, you know, a few minutes ago, like, yes, there is a foreign object inside of my body. Foreign objects are not meant to be inside your body. Of course, your body is going to respond. Not everybody's, but mine did. You know, of course, my body is going to respond and try to do everything and fight to get it out. And that is what I feel like that. Like if I could sum up how I feel that right there is literally how I feel. I feel like my body is fighting against something constantly. There are women that I've talked with who had implants, got them removed, and no longer have things like MS, like their MS cleared up. Explain that one. No longer have Hashimoto's. No longer have gut health issues. No longer have hormone problems. And so all of these women, all of these conversations have really led me to this point in my journey. And back in the summer of 2022, or sorry, I'm sorry, no, the summer of 2023, this past summer, I really made it my mission to say, okay, this is it. They're gone. They've got to go. I'm to the age now where I don't want to say I don't care what my boobs look like because I do. Of course I do. I think we all do. Like, I, of course I want to have nice breasts, but I'm like, I don't need big boobs. I don't need fake titties. I'll be honest too, like in my industry, especially at that time in 2013, every quote unquote bodybuilder. Now, I don't know that I would call myself a bodybuilder, especially in 2013, but, but everybody in the health and fitness industry, every, I'm, I'm not kidding when I say like all the women that you see on stage or that, you know, that were big in the supplement industry or the health and fitness industry, they all had fake breasts. And so I don't want to say that it was peer pressure because I, I do feel like that's an easy thing to, you know, that's like an excuse but it was just common. Like it was very common. Like this is just what you did if you were a, you know, a personal trainer or a fitness professional or if you ever wanted to get on stage and compete. Like look at the women that win. They all had breast implants. So anyways, summer of 2023, I said, "Okay. I'm on a mission to find a doctor that will hear me, listen to me and get these things out of me." Now, my first few consultations were honestly very disheartening because not all doctors are on board. Not all doctors believe in breast implant illness. The first doctor I spoke with literally told me, you will not like the way you look and I will not perform the surgery because you're not going to like it. And I was so mad because I'm like, well, first of all, I'm fucking sick, you know? And at this time, I don't care whether I have big boobs or small boobs. I just want to feel better. So how dare you tell me that my boobs are not going to look good? You know, but anyways, obviously I did not go with him. I had another doctor who was the worst bedside manner I have ever seen in my freaking life. I'm still a little bitter about it. (laughs) And I really just want to like, I really wanted to give it to him, but I didn't. He walks in before he even got the door closed. Of course, when you're getting a breast exam anyway, as a woman, it is a very vulnerable state, right? This is a dude that I've never met before in my life. I'm sitting there with my titties out. And so women are already in a very vulnerable state. Okay, 
my husband was not with me. Honestly, it was probably a good thing my husband wasn't with me because I'm not sure. He might have said something <laughs> that would have got us kicked out. But he literally looked at me before the door was ever shut. And he said, I will not operate on you. You'll bleed out. Just like that. Those, that was the very first sentence that he said to me. Now, he was saying that because of my blood cancer. So it is a, a I have a, I'm at high risk for clotting, right? Like my platelets are in the millions. And so that is why he was saying that, but it was so unprofessional. And I left there in tears, absolutely in tears. In fact, I even got on the phone right away with my oncologist. And I was like, this is what the plastic surgery, this, this plastic surgeon just told me. Like, is this the case? Because heaven forbid I ever have to have an emergency surgery. What are they going to do? They just not going to operate on me because I'll bleed out. And she started laughing, um, not at me, but she was like, that guy is a total chooch. Like she didn't say that, but <laughs> I'm putting words in her mouth, but more or less that's what she said. She's like, what an idiot. That's no. And we operate on people. People have surgery all the time that are on, you know, blood thinners. Like we will just work with whatever plastic surgeon you decide to go with. We will work with them on a plan. There's no worries, you know, and so that did put my nerves at ease. But anyways, fast forward, I met with many, many doctors. And um, just yesterday, that is that is why I'm recording this, this uh, episode today, because I am fresh off of meeting one in-person yesterday. I did not find anybody around my area that I felt comfortable with to explant them. And so I, we took a four hour road trip just yesterday to Illinois, about four hours from where I live. And we met face to face with a surgeon who is an absolute gem. And when I called up there to get a consultation, so many doctors now, especially if you're out of state, they do virtual consultations. And I was like, look, I understand that I should probably do a virtual consultation, but I would feel so much better if I could meet with him face to face. I want to meet him in person. I want to see what his demeanor is, what his bedside manner is. I want him to look at me. And I also want to make sure that he understands my blood condition and is sensitive to that and will work with me on a plan of action. And so it was very important for me to meet this guy in person. And not only that, but it was important for me to take Dustin along with me. And so we did. So we took a little road trip, met with him face to face. His patient advocate was there. Like literally the whole experience was amazing. I felt so comfortable talking to him. We came up with a plan of action. In fact, what I thought I wanted and even talked about with another surgeon, he said, I can do that. But I don't think you're going to be happy with your results because what you're telling me you want, the plan of action that this other surgeon gave you is not going to get you what you want. And I was like, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, I absolutely appreciate that. He answered all of my questions about the blood cancer so beautifully and told me exactly what he needs from me, you know, what they need for my oncologist, all the things like it made me feel so comfortable. And so Having said that, I scheduled my explant surgery for January 23rd of 2024. January 23rd is my day and I cannot freaking wait. I absolutely cannot wait. I literally would get them out tomorrow if I could. I just want them gone. So 
What we're doing is he is doing an explant with a total capsulectomy or in block or I don't know. Like I honestly do not. I'm not a doctor. I do not know the technical term. But basically he's removing everything, the capsule and all, like no capsule left behind. In fact, one of the reasons he said that a lot of patients or women with implants experience so much anxiety or chest pain is because the capsule itself like attaches to the rib cage, which would explain why there's pain there all the time. And I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, that makes total sense, doesn't it? Anyways, and also to like, I don't know if that's the technical term. I'm just explaining it to you in the way that I understood it, but it made me feel better about all of these things that I'm having and the, and the heart palpitations and all of that, the pain, the dull aches all the time. I was like, yeah, that makes total sense. So anyways, explant with total, whatever it's called, caps, I don't, I can't pronounce it. And then we are doing a lift. So basically, I believe they are doing like an anchor lift, which another doctor I met with wanted to do what, what they call a donut lift, which is basically where they cut around the nipple and then basically tuck the skin into the nipple. That is originally what I thought I wanted. After talking to him, he said, you will not like your nipple placement. And so we're actually going to do a anchor and incision. Anyways, he's like, this is going to get you the look that you like. I can do the donut lift. I'm just saying, I don't know that, you know, that's actually what you're describing. I don't think that you're going to want that. So anyways, that's what we're doing. And he said, you will actually absolutely love how they turn out. Even I talked to some of his prior patients and they were like, he is a true artist at what he does. There, like no worries there. Like your breasts are going to be beautiful still and you're going to love how they turn out. So I am so excited. That is what I am getting. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to DM me on Instagram if you want to more know more deets. I will share a little bit over there in my Insta stories. However, you know, I'm probably not going to share full-on pictures of my boobs, but I would genuinely be more than happy to share them privately. Um, I, I think Instagram and social media in general may frown upon that. <laughs> um, but if you are considering an explant, I literally would be more than happy to share progress with you guys. How I am feeling, I'm not going to lie, I am a little nervous. You know, I, I'm a little nervous that I'm getting these removed for nothing. And I think that is due to the fact that so many people still think that this is not an actual issue. That little voice in my head, you know. I'm also a little nervous to go out of state and have this done, you know. Those are all normal feelings. But again, after meeting with this guy, even my husband was like, he knows his stuff. I feel 100% confident to turn over my wife to him. But I also feel extremely hopeful. Extremely hopeful. Like that is the word that keeps coming up. Um, and just hearing so many stories of these women who are just miraculously cured. Like their symptoms are non-existent. And I'm hopeful. I'm really, really hopeful. So again, I will be sharing more of my journey leading up to the weeks to come, in the weeks to come, up until explant. And I will be sharing a behind the scenes of the actual explant and, you know, my recovery and all of those things. I, I, like I said in the beginning, I do plan on doing another podcast, updating on the process, the journey, my symptoms, how I feel once they are out. And I am so confident 
that this is going to inspire so many other women who maybe feel like they are experiencing a lot of the same things and they've just been told that they are crazy or maybe they just think that they are crazy, that it's all in their head. I can assure you it is not. It is a real thing. And again, like I said, from the get-go, this is not to shame you. This is not to scare you um, because I also know plenty of women who don't have any issues. And those are the lucky ones. Those are the lucky ones. I was not, I was not that lucky. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining. And I will give you an update soon.